1: great pleasure to have back in the studio uh, Canadian retirement expert, author and founder of the Retirement Lifestyle Centre, Barry Lavelli, who was in Hawke's Bay, who has been in Hawke's Bay, talking to clients of the Hastings Bay Studio Group and talking about retirement. Barry, how are you going?
0: Good morning. How are you? This is great, you know, because it's been like three or four of these we've done over the years.
1: Yes, indeed. So
0: neither one of us has changed.
1: <laughs> we've just got to keep telling ourselves that, Barry. Now, you're here to talk retirement now. Retirement is in, in, uh, in my lingo. It's a bit of a dirty word Yeah, because I, like, I love working.
0: Well, it shouldn't be a dirty word for most people, you know, like... Uh, so we're all going to die at one point. So when you retire, you're just going to go into the waiting room early.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and cool. I, I just don't know. I I can't understand that. Like life is about more than sitting on the couch or going on a permanent vacay. Or it's life's about living, and um, you know. And yet you get people that just aspire to retire, That's and I just thing, can't yeah. shake my head at that.
1: OK, well, let's talk about those people that aspire to retire because there's more to it than just working until you're 65. And then on that magic day, you hang up your hat and you get your gold card from the government, which says that you're an official superannuent. What should people be looking at, Barry, when they're thinking about retiring? What are some of the things that they should put in place to make sure that when they retire,
0: they can live and not exist? Well, first make that decision to live and not exist, yep. uh, and that is a conscious decision. Too many people move into this phase of their life, and they just expect things are going to happen, and when they don't happen, we sit on the couch and couch and pouch. The The fact is that um, uh, first and foremost, as you're looking at this period of your life, you're really making a plan for the last third of it, right? Yeah, you're just, okay, sure. so... If you're going to make a plan to get the most out of the last third, you decide right off the bat, I want to get the most out of the last third of my life. Uh, You might be sick and you might not want to say that, or I can't imagine people not wanting to say that you want to get the most out of the last third of your life. And if you're going to get the most, then I think we have to decide what our purpose is. Uh, what? why are we here? Forget the religious stuff for yeah. a minute. Why are we here? What is the reason that we live, and what are we supposed to do with that? And And I think, okay, so this question about who is actually telling me that I'm supposed to do something with it, I'm just going to say that it is obvious to me that I have this life that I can live, and I know how good it is. So why not just try and enjoy it? But you've got to figure out what your purpose is. What gets you out of bed in the morning? Like, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Well, look,
1: I just love coming and doing this job that I love. And uh, at the end of the day, I'm a man who needs a purpose. I can't imagine, for instance, waking up today and thinking, hmm, what am I going to do today? And we, we had a brief talk before we came to air. And, uh, you know, you suggested that, uh, oh, you could do some gardening, uh, Although you were quite cynical about that. But, you know. Well, I'm, yeah. <laughs> that's I right. Was. So, and, and uh, you know, that's not me. I like to think that I'm going to do something today which is a good purpose. So, so what, what would you say your purpose is? Well, my purpose is, yeah, I, just before we get to that, I just want to, you know, as an adage, do you live to work or do you work to live? And I think when we look at that, um, my wife might say, I live to work, but I just love doing what I'm doing. So, uh, and I get paid for it as well, which is a bonus. So um, yeah, my purpose is to you know, fulfill my life, I suppose. What's your purpose?
0: My purpose is to help. Um, I I don't know where this came from. I've always been the teacher's pet. Always been the person that wants to reach out and help people. Um, I have a tremendous amount of empathy. And that empathy drives me to look at the world from the standpoint of other people. Yeah. And I have always been that way. So my purpose, and the purpose really dictates what I find enjoyable about life. My purpose is helping somebody else, whether it's my wife or my son or my my friends or the public in general. I, I just get off on that.
1: Yeah. I wonder though, uh, Barry, that... You know, my assertion with you over the years is I see in front of me a man who is driven, driven perhaps to succeed and to help. But I would suggest to you that uh, you're in a in a minority. Not everyone's like you.
0: Uh, no, um, that I I'm, I'm going to say that that's true, and not because I'm anything special. It's just I have a uh, I have a focus on what makes me feel good, and so maybe I'm a narcissist, maybe mm. you know, or a hedonist. I guess. In that I like to feel good, and I'm pretty clear in what makes me feel good. Um, you know, we'll talk about retirement in a few minutes, but but that's a problem with people who retire. They they retire, but they don't actually know what makes them feel good. Yeah, right. And we all want to feel good. We want to be happy.
1: Yeah, you mentioned that that you know part of your life is to support your wife and your family, and uh, and I might suggest that we all think that, but. I would also think that... Well, except Donald
0: Trump, yeah. but but everybody else, you're right.
1: <laughs> but I also think that not many people think about retiring until they're almost on retirement age and think, oh, what's going to happen? Is, is that what you find in, uh, in your experience? Yeah,
0: I wish we were... I, I wish we didn't look at it like this is a destination, yeah. you know? Like I've got the days counted off on my cell wall of how many days left to work. Uh, so we treat retirement as a destination, and the goal in the last part of our work life is to get to retirement yeah. as if there's nothing after that yeah. uh retirement is a demarcation point it is it is an inflection point it is not the end of all of this and yeah. so uh i that's why i want to change how people look at the concept yeah. you, know, you get rid of the word retirement um and and you know make a new word um uh it's just life you know yeah. it really is
1: I wonder if we stick
0: with that with retirement
1: because we will think about it. And uh, a lot of people do think that at 65 I'm going to retire. But I was reading a a rather disturbing statistic a couple of days ago, um, bearing in mind your visit was coming along. And uh, 40% of all um,
0: retirees
1: only have the superannuation to exist on. That's... Not good, is it? That
0: That's scary. I don't know we all think we should keep buying lottery tickets, perhaps, to get us out of it. Actually, there was a study done a number of years ago in Canada by the Canadian Imperial Bank. And they found of their clients, 11% expected to get some income in retirement from lottery winnings. So maybe we, we, we look at it and go, well, you know, you know. Um, now, having said that, those who are just living on superannuation learn to adjust, although theoretically they shouldn't be able to exist. Yeah. You know, that was not what it was designed That's for. Right. But they um, – a lot of people can live on considerably less than they've been told if they're forced to. And I think uh, many people so all of a sudden get to this point and uh, either they go back to work, they get some part-time income, they make adjustments. But we do make adjustments. Yeah.
1: I think you hit the word on the head there. Uh, they only exist if, if all you've got is coming in as a superannuation in New Zealand. You can exist, but let's let's wind the clock back with you, Larry. I mean, you know, you're a successful man, and uh, you know, you're not retired, although you're certainly past retiring age. What's your story? How did you get where you are today?
0: Um, I've I've done a lot of things in my life. I've been involved in the financial services industry from one form or another for. 43 years now. Um, before that, I had a career as a professional ice hockey referee. Mm-hmm. Uh, graduated from university, had the idea that I wanted to be a clinical psychologist, never really wanted, in the end, didn't decide to do that. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I can help people understand their relationship to money. And so I got in and worked as an investment advisor. So I had this idea I was going to help people. Well, th- when I was an investment advisor, it was all about generating as many commissions as you can, and and you know dialing for dollars, and and uh, it wasn't too helpful. Um, I lasted about seven years as an investment advisor, and then I got into the mutual funds industry because I thought, all right. Uh, I was hired in the position of a wholesaler, which meant that my job was to go out and market mutual funds to financial advisors. And I always worked for mutual fund companies that nobody liked, and that was tough to get an audience with financial advisors. So I became an expert on their business and then helped them do their business more effectively. And then they were happy to have me come in, and hopefully I could goad them into buying my funds because they liked me. And that was a model that I used for, oh, 10 years, I guess, in my role as a mutual fund wholesaler. And I got pretty good at it. And then I decided that I wanted to go off on my own. When I was helping advisors, one of the things I was able to do, because I could speak, was do seminars for them. You know, and come, I'll do your seminar for you, because they didn't like to do them themselves. So I got a reputation in doing seminars. And I decided in about 1997 that I was going to go off on my own and build my own business, and it was going to focus on helping people get older and and helping them deal with that. And I've really, in one form or another, been involved in that ever since.
1: Okay, Barry, and you obviously have done it very successfully. But if we if we were, I mean, if you were talking to someone, say of a relatively young age, perhaps they're just getting into the workforce. Uh, what what are you suggesting to them? Because you know, you're know, you a clever guy. You, I, I might suggest you probably had well-paying jobs. And some people might say, well, yeah, so you know, if you've got a job a place, plenty of money, of course you can provide for your future. But what? A, talk us through the process for someone who might be, I don't know, getting into retail. That's their job. They're going to be in retail. No offense to anyone working in retail. But you know, it's probably not uh, going to make them rich, is it? So no, what should they do?
0: It's, it's not. But, but people in any industry, any business, the better you are at what you do, Um, uh, at some point somebody will notice you and they will take advantage of that and have you do something else. And then slowly but surely you work your way up. A lot of times we put in an effort at work, especially as a young person, and you do the job because you just do the job and you collect a paycheck and your whole life is outside of work. I learned very early that work was a lot more palatable if you learn to love it. Yes, Right. and 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 got something out of it and i never wanted to work at something that i didn't like therefore i was pretty mobile early in the early days you know i'm not going to work anywhere that's not doesn't fit me and that would be my advice to somebody who was young yes yeah. find something you love to do it and then do it for a long time
1: were you focused on the present at that time when you were a young man or were you focused on the future
0: no i'm very much on the present yeah. um I started to make good money, mm. and, um, and we lived the good lifestyle. But I, at some point, I had to uh, match up what I was telling people with what I was doing in my own life. And what was that point? So you decided that you know, you're earning good money, uh, you possibly
1: got your family you good. to think, hmm, what's going to happen when I'm 70? What well, I looked at my that? own
0: life and didn't have a plan. Mm. Now, look, I, we can plan to death. Um, but I wanted just a basic plan. Like I never did a budget, for example. And I, I, if I had to do it again, I would have gone back and, and made a budget. The only thing that kept me ahead of the game was I continued to be good at what I did, which meant people continued to pay me. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would look a lot earlier at preparing for the future. Um, and, and, but I wouldn't say that the future was going to be my life. Forty years down the line. Mm. I mean, I just wanted to think past next year. Yeah, and is
1: that that's the problem though, isn't
0: it? Well, it no is way. for a lot of yeah, it's for a lot of people that um, uh, we don't think much about the future. And I find with young people today that there is a denial about whether life is going to be here or worth living down the line. I mean, I find so much more fear now among oh, young people, yeah, right? There. right? My son is 31, and he and his girlfriend or um, partner—they're uh, not going to have kids. They don't want to bring kids into the world. Wow! Um, and an I'm thinking, well, it? there's a lot of people who think like that or are fatalistic mm. about the future, and say, "Why plan? It's not going to be here anyway." Or the government's going to take all the money, or which is ridiculous. But yeah. you know. Well,
1: speaking of, you, I heard a statistic, and but apparently we've sold less houses this year than since. Nineteen forty-eight, something like that. The housing market is sort uh, of—it's
0: very much in a hold at the moment. But, well, why buy houses? You know, um, although, and and, you know, they say, well, yeah, but if you if you rent a place, you're just throwing that money away. And I'm thinking, you know what? You're throwing your money away if you buy a house, also. You know, we buy houses because we think they're good investments. Yeah. But where is that written? Well, because I suppose there's a lot of uh, rich landlords out there. Must be, must be. You know, buy buy land. It's always going to go up. And yeah. then you, so that would be the big investment we make. And we've been told from young time that the big investment in your life is going to be your
1: home. Yes, indeed.
0: And I'm I'm going to say the big investment that you make in your life is the fund that's going to fund your future life. You know, and and just not put everything into the house because it leaves you house rich maybe, but it leaves you cash poor. Mm.
1: Interesting philosophy. Look, we're just about going to come to the end of this program because you are going to come back next week and, and talk about our retirement and the work that you've been doing with the group.